Thank you, Rick, and good morning, church family. Hey, it's a great place to be on a Sunday morning together for a lot of different reasons. God is, you know, every every week we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord, here. That's one of the main reasons, right? All right, so I want to start by saying welcome back, Grace students. How many Grace students do we have here today? Current. How about how about graduate? Yeah, well, welcome. How about former Grace students? How many people have graduated from Grace? All right, ooh, that's a good battle. They got a Spencer. Welcome back. Okay, well, let's get into this. You know, I learned something about Grace that. Uh, that was really intriguing to me, and I didn't know this until about a couple weeks ago, that uh, anybody who graduates from Grace has a cultural, cross-cultural experience, a, a trip outside America as part of uh, your experience in college. And I just think that's great. That's uh, for a Christian college to give uh, the students a God-sized worldview is wonderful. That's exactly what we're talking about. This is week four in our mission series, Sent to All Nations, and we're learning about a biblical worldview, a case that God thinks of all the nations. We're understanding, unpacking John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Now, what is the world that, the, that God loves? And we've learned that the key word is what? The nations. And that doesn't mean countries. That means people groups. The ethne of the world. The peoples. We mentioned last week, uh, the terrible things that happen in Afghanistan. Now, Afghanistan is a country. It's got a variety of people groups of nations within that nation. And I want to start today by drawing some special attention to what's going on there. So, again, we as a group of Christians, the body of Christ, have a God-sized view of the world and the nations and what's going on and his plan that we learned before. God has a plan A and he doesn't have a plan B. Plan A included the body of Jesus, the first body of Jesus on the earth, and then the second body of Jesus on the earth, which is who? Us, his church, the body of Christ. So we're out there to bring Jesus and all of his uh, qualities through his Holy Spirit into the world. And so we're figuring out what does that mean? What does that mean for us and for this church? So I'm going to bring all of those concepts today with the current events in Afghanistan together by reading a letter that a very godly man sent me today. And as I read this, I, I want to encourage you to, to have a God-sized perspective like this, about the nations, about the world, about God's working in it and his calling to us as we look at Psalm 67 today. The first, this letter. The letter is titled, Reflections on Afghanistan from a Vietnam Veteran. <clears throat> and he writes... Have you seen the news comparisons between the meltdown in Afghanistan and what happened when South Vietnam fell to communism in 1975? Perhaps the most appalling parallel is demonstrated between Vietnamese parents throwing their babies and children into boats escaping into the South China Sea and Afghan parents throwing their babies over barbed wire to United Kingdom troops at the Kabul airport. From a human perspective, as displayed in the secular news cycle, it's alarming and heartbreaking but from a spiritual perspective, God is at work. The story of Joseph is exhibit A of how God takes human tragedy and turns it for good. Ponder Genesis 50, verse 20. Joseph told his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Seriously, Joseph? I tell my students, the best history teacher is time. 
Now that 46 years have elapsed since the fall of Saigon in April 30th, 1975, we can see how God used human harm in order to save many lives for himself. Let me explain. Before the French colonized Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos, Buddhism was a strong veneer religion on the surface with animism being the driving force in their lives. That's spirit worship by appeasing them through sacrifices and offerings. With the addition of French skepticism for 100 years on top of those, the spiritual soil of Southeast Asia was resistant to the penetration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When these three countries fell to communism within months of each other in 1975, the world witnessed communistic carnage. Businesses, homes, and land confiscated. Killings, imprisonment, forced labor, starvation, families separated. In Cambodia alone, 30% of the population died between 1975 and 79, now referred to as the years of the killing fields. Here's the thing that happened. People lost hope in the French, in Buddha, and in the rituals to appease spirits. During the years of physical despair, hopelessness, and suffering, God was preparing the spiritual soil, the hearts of the Vietnamese, Cambodians, and Laotians. Now, see how God has moved over the past 46 years. The current evangelical growth rates are startling from 0% in the 70s in those nations, in those countries, we have these numbers today. Growth, 6.8% of Laotians are believers. 487,000 people. In Cambodia, it's 1.4 million Christians. In Vietnam, it's, it, they went from 160,000 to 1.57 million Christians from the fall of communism to today. That's an 881% growth rate, an explosion, explosion of the gospel. God prepared Iran similarly. It's well documented that since the Islamic Revolution in February 1979, the Christian church has been growing since then at an annual rate of 19.6%. That's second only to China in fastest Christian growth. That's in Iran. Now, none of this has been happening in Afghanistan. Afghanistan's numbers have been zero, basically. There are some Christians, a couple thousand we're not exactly sure. They're mostly underground in Afghanistan. 0.02% is the estimate, estimate with a growth rate of virtually none. Maybe it's Afghanistan's turn for soil preparation. And maybe the preparation might include despair, hopelessness, and suffering redeemed by a just and loving creator God. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church, and indeed he is. And when he must, God uses pain for his growth and gain of his church. And you can spiritually join the battle for Afghanistan today through prayer. U.S. air power has been terminated, and that's one of the reasons the Afghan army lost hope. As the carnage will no doubt increase in Afghanistan for a time, let us fight the good fight, 1 Timothy 6.12 on behalf of our brothers and sisters, through prayer. We can call in more powerful heavenly airstrikes through prayer. Prayer moves God to mobilize angels to enact his word and will. One day a Vietnamese said to me, I'm glad you lost the war and the communists took over. Why, I exclaimed. 
Because God removed all earthly hope and lifted our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, to him. This is the testimony of the world and God's plan for the world, that people will come to him. Brothers and sisters, painful things do happen, somber things, things that are devastating, but God is always in control, redeeming them as people work with him and respond to him, and he does that because he loves the world, and he loves the nations of the world, and he has sent Jesus in two bodies, his original body and in us, through his Holy Spirit, to reach them with his gospel. He calls us, his people, to reach all the nations, and that's his mission to redeem the world, and it will happen. The question is, are we going to be a part of it? And that's what we're learning in this series is how to be a part of it, that we need to be a part of it, that it's a priority in our lives. Our text today is is Psalm 67, and it's one of my favorite mission passages in all of the Bible. Here it is right in the middle of the Bible, Psalm 67. And if you uh, didn't get a bulletin, Aaron's got them here. If you want to raise your hand, see the sermon notes and pens, you can raise your hand and he'll get, get you one. Otherwise open to Psalm 67. And as you do, let me just remind you or teach what, what a psalm is. A psalm is a song. It's Hebrew poetry. And as poetry and songs can be, they can be very deep. And they can be very emotional. And get our hearts and our emotions fully engaged. But as scripture, they're also worth studying, even rigorously, academically. You see that? To engage our heads, our minds, and our hearts. That's the goal of the Psalms. And in a worship service like this, it would be a mistake to just focus on one or the other, to just study this academically, or to just ignore the mind and just go for emotions. But today, my hope is that we'll engage fully our minds and our hearts in the context of why Jesus saved us and what he's called us to do as we look at Psalm 67. Does that sound like a good time together? All right, so let's open the word and look at Psalm 67. As we do, it's a song, we see three verses to this song. Well, there's seven verses, but three stanzas, we'll say, into this song. And each of those stanzas, and as you see that, the outline here, each proclaims a profound point about God's people, that's us, and about the nations of the world and his plan for them. Each makes a profound point. In the first stanza, the first point is, God blesses us. God blesses us. Why? To bless the nations. And we, God's people, let's just acknowledge how blessed we are. We're in a nation, a people group that's been reached by the gospel. And those who have trusted him have received. What have you received? You've been blessed so richly. You know God. You've been freed from all bondage by Jesus. Empowered by his Holy Spirit, indwells us, lives in us. Given his wisdom, given his truth. Wow, what great blessings we have. Now, our blessings come with great responsibility and a great calling. And like everything else, that begins 
going right to God. That begins with prayer. So this beautiful song for the nations begins with prayer. Let's read verses 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That is the purpose. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let's just break this down. What do we see here? We are blessed to pray for the nations. The first thing we pray, our prayer of blessing to the nations, is to ask for God's grace in the first part of verse 1. To ask for God's blessing. To ask for God's favor, his face to shine. And the purpose of our prayer is the mission of God. Verse 2, that those on earth may all know God's way and that the nations may know God's salvation. A heart that aligns with God's for the nations, we have to realize this, that humans are not our enemies. Humans should not be enemies. We all share the common identity of being part of one race, the human race. We all share our infinite value that's derived from being made in the image of God. And that's how we need to look at all the peoples in the world and in your neighborhood and in your workplace and in your school. But the problem is that we are victims of the spiritual enemy who deceives and distorts and divides and makes us angry, triggered, He turns people into distrusting and hating each other and then warring against each other on a small scale, on a big scale, everything in between. Now, how are we blessed, God's people? We're blessed to know that they're not our enemies. Our enemies are not flesh and blood, but the spirit of the age that wages war in our souls. And now we're blessed with much better weapons to fight of Jesus' love and our prayers And our engagement in Jesus' mission to bring the answer to every life problem. That's the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus that changes our lives. The gospel of life that brings peace. It's the gospel of peace. Yes, we do have the answer. Now, remember, remember this. This point's been made. If you haven't heard this, let this sink in. When you trusted Christ for your salvation, you did not just receive salvation. You received the mission of God. A commission to be on that mission. And now we obey his mission and we share that love that we've received. We share it to the nations. And how do we do that? By reaching out to the nations who are among us. We've been talking about that. Uh, Warsaw, Winona Lake, Kosciuszko County has become much more of a melting pot. And that's a good thing. We have access to the nations right here without leaving our town. We also send cross-cultural workers. We call them missionaries, but really we're all on a mission. But we send some to go cross-culturally, to learn a a new language, and to go to the ends of the earth. That's the mission. And then we also want to participate in the mission wherever God leads and directs this church. No one single church can have a focus on all the tens of thousands of people groups in the world, right? And so we have a heart. We seek the Holy Spirit's leading and have a heart and a burden for those that he leads this church to. As a result of God's people simply obeying him, point number two, the nations 
will be glad and praise God. That's the point made in the second stanza of this song, the psalm. Because it calls for praise, the nations praise, they will be glad and they will praise. Why? Because God's righteousness brings justice and, bring, and his grace brings salvation. First is what the nations should do, praise God. Let's look at verses 3 and 4 and see why they praise God. Let the, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why? For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Selah, which means hear this. Let's define praise. That's what we're commanded to do and all the nations to do. Praise. What does praise mean? It means a lot of different things. It means to testify to something, to proclaim something or someone. It means to confess it, to confess our faith in it, our belief in it. It's to acknowledge who God is and what he's done. So we praise and acknowledge God and testify to him. Psalm 67 here challenges all peoples who have come to faith and life and peace in Jesus to praise him for it, to acknowledge him for it, to acknowledge and, and, and testify that to the peoples in our neighborhood, to where we shop, to where we're in school and in work and wherever we send missionaries to go further. Now, nations then in turn praise God because when they are saved by Jesus, they, they become freed from bondage to our various enemies. They're given forgiveness, they're given restoration and the, and the possibility and the tools to be restored in their earthly relationships and, and between their relationship with God. They're given new life, they're given knowledge, they're given a relationship with God, they're given eternal life, the great hope that no one can take away from us. And so the nations, as they come to knowledge and faith in God, praise God. And we pray, oh, let all the nations of the earth experience that. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy when they receive Jesus through our witness. One, one set of people groups that's very important in our community and in our church here are the Hispanic nations that are here in Kosciuszko County and, in, and here in this church. I sat down this week with one of the leaders of our Hispanic ministry, Eli Vargas, or Ellie, and I asked them some questions about uh, that will help us think in, in these terms of sharing God's nations with the nation, sharing God's love with the nations around us. And we filmed this interview, and we're going to play it right now. So let's enjoy this together. Hi, church family, Pastor Reg here. Uh, our, our sermon series right now is Sent to All Nations, and we've been talking about how the nations are here in Warsaw, Winona Lake, Kosciuszko County. I talked to one Warsaw High School teacher who told me that about, in his estimation, 30 to 40% of the students are Hispanic. And so we love our Hispanic community, the nations that are right here, and right here in our church family. I'm here today with Ellie Vargas, 
who along with Jose and Chewy Lara uh, lead our Hispanic ministry here at Community Grace. Ellie, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thank you. Thanks for rushing over from your son's soccer game today. They won four to one. So that's really cool. <laughs> yes. um, I have three questions for you tonight, but first tell, tell us the names of your family. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, for the people that don't know me, my name is uh, Eli Vargas and my wife's name is Liliana Pena. Uh, and we have three kids. Uh, one, the oldest one is Jair Vargas. Uh, he's 18, he just started attending uh, in college. And um, the second one is 16, and he's a junior in high school, the one who was playing soccer tonight. Mm -hmm. And uh, our daughter, she's uh, 12, and she started m middle school. So, right. yeah, that's our family. Good job, beautiful family. Okay, three questions, just real quick. Uh, so we can learn about the nations that are among us, especially the Hispanic nations. The first question is about how many different groups make up the Hispanic community here in Warsaw, Winona Lake. Where Where's the Hispanic population from that live here? Yeah, I think uh, most of the uh, the groups are from Mexico, and uh, but we have met uh, people also from Argentina. We have uh, brothers and sisters from Argentina. Uh, we have met people from uh, Brazil, Chile, and also, uh, lately, we have met people from Puerto Rico, too. So that community is growing uh, fast. Okay. In Warsaw. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That, that is yeah. good to know. Yeah. Okay. So these nations that are among us, uh, how can we reach these nations, these people groups, uh, with the love and good, good news of Jesus? Yes, I think uh, events like uh, the the one we had uh, recently, the soccer uh, camp, uh, I think it's a great opp opportunity to uh, uh, meet uh, new people and and uh, uh, yeah, to uh, show the love of God and 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 it's great to to have the kids seeing the kids playing soccer and and it's just uh, opportunities that we can that we can take advantage of. Uh, uh, to talk to people about God. Yes. Yeah, and then we're doing uh, Friday night soccer every Friday night right. at five thirty too. Yeah, yeah, and, that's um, a great thing to do too. So we're loving that. All right. Yes. Well, we're going to keep on. We're going to keep on doing those things. Um, let's talk about the church's Hispanic ministry. What are What are your favorite things about the Hispanic group here at Community Grace? And then, and then, what does it need for the future? Yeah, I think uh, uh, we really enjoy uh, coming on Sundays and be able to uh, praise God and and be able to uh, do both language uh, languages, uh, English and Spanish. I think is great for us, and and uh, we also enjoy uh, having a small group uh, meetings. Uh, we really enjoy that, and uh, um, I think uh, we we. We like that we feel the love uh, from this church, and um, in the future, I think uh, it would be great if we can. Uh, we we have talked to the uh, our uh, friends and brothers and sisters that um, that if we could have a service in Spanish once a month, it would be great in the future. Yes. Yeah, and we are praying about that and and talking about that, and um, well, I'd invite the whole church to to do a, a couple things that. Uh, Eli just said, and that's to continue to share the love with the Hispanic community, with all the nations that are among us. I, we, we are all better and richer as a result of um, 
of having God's eyes for all the nations, and, uh, and I sure love you guys. And and um, and then to pray for the future growth as well. That uh, monthly Hispanic service is is a goal, a hope that we have. So I just encourage you to to pray to that end and and um, get to know each other. And and uh, yeah, it's great to be a, a part of the church family with you. It's, it's pretty great. You. Would you, uh, you had one last thing you wanted to say? Yeah, I just want to thank uh, uh, Community Grace for um, uh, making us feel uh, love in this church. And and we feel like we are part of the uh, body. And and it's great to, to be able to um, know people uh, uh, that don't speak our language. And, and we don't know a lot of people yet even though we've been attending here uh, for a long time but we would like to uh, know more people as a brothers and sisters mm-hmm. yeah all right yeah thank you thanks again for doing oh, this thank you Pastor okay Rich. thank you praise god for that amen i believe god is smiling as as we continue to grow in that kind of unity and love for each other in the world and I look forward to the future, uh, how God's going to grow us even more. So, again, God blesses us, and he does amazing, amazingly. He blesses us to bless the nations. And when the nations receive Jesus, they will be glad and praise God. And the third stanza of Psalm 67 teaches us this amazing point, that is that we keep praising as God's abundance covers the earth. And it is, it's covering the earth as all Christian history shows us, demonstrates us. Let's look at the text. Psalm 67, starting in verses 5 and 6. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Look at this in verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. And here we see a new reason to praise God. God's abundant blessing of provision and increase. Increased health of nations who know him. When a people group comes to Christ, it increases. It increases in a lot of ways. One, one way that has stuck in my mind is, is saying that uh, when the gospel of Christ enters a group of cannibals, people stop eating each other. That's good. That's progress. Now, from there, what else happens? All of, all of history teaches us when the gospel, when the true gospel of Jesus, and people are truly believing and following the real Jesus of the Bible, here's what happens. People love each other more sacrificially because they're following our Lord. People treat each other better. Dividing walls of hostility are torn down. Ephesians 2, he ends the dividing walls of hostility that are just so powerful in this world without Christ. Governments become just. Societies grow. Families thrive. Economies thrive. Oh, what beautiful things happen when nations turn to Christ. The earth has yielded its increase. Oh, what terrible and fearful things happen when nations turn away from God. That's how the world plays out, still is today. Another way of increase is as new peoples, people groups come to Christ, again, they join the mission of Christ and only further it to their proximate people groups and their cousins and the people near them, and then and the gospel spreads. 
not by force, but by love, by truth, by God's grace. So even more peoples are told the gospel. Let us all praise God because of this increase. And the number of voices singing these songs increases as well. Wow. An amazing thing to be a part of. Will we be a part of it? That's the question. The psalm climaxes at its final verse with a restatement of it all. Let's look at the second part of verse 6 in the last verse. God, our God, shall bless us. He shall bless us. God shall bless us. So that, here's the climax, let all the ends of the earth fear him, worship him, be freed by him. The reason God has blessed our people group If you're here today, God has blessed our people group with the gospel's blessings, and that reason isn't finished until all the ends of the earth, all people groups of the world are blessed in that way through our obedience to his mission that Jesus has been on. Will we, Community Grace, be a church that encourages us, each other, that equips each other, that holds each other accountable, who is excited to share these blessings? who's simply obedient to the primary mission that Jesus has given us for our lives, day in and day out, to reach the nations that he leads us to reach. I pray that we do. Let's talk about how with a couple next steps. The first one is where it all begins. Everything begins. Everything we preach every Sunday begins with prayer, to pray for the nations. Right now, pray for Afghanistan and other places in the world that are in turmoil, absolutely. In the last few weeks, our our spiritual enemy thinks that he's winning a battle in Afghanistan, but Look what God has done in just the last couple weeks. He has mobilized millions of people around the world to be praying for Afghanistan. We weren't praying for Afghanistan three weeks ago, four weeks ago. But we are now. Isn't isn't that awesome? The power that's, that's being poured into that nation. And oh, it has a place in our hearts. But pray for the nations around here, around us here in Warsaw as well, and everywhere else that God leads us to go or to have a heart or support or send people that they will be blessed and freed by the gospel to be glad and sing as well. Pray for our work among them. Pray that God would send workers into the fields. And if you're here and haven't trusted Jesus yet, we pray for you that today is the day you join the eternal life that God has provided and all of its blessings and the mission of love and life to the world. And you can today. He's done the work already. And finally, pray together. Oh, the power of corporate prayer, of prayer meetings. And so this Wednesday, we launch our every Wednesday night prayer hour is on alternating Wednesdays, and then mission training is on the other, the schedule's in your bulletin. Could I just ask, could we just fill a classroom this Wednesday night at 6.45 p.m., the classroom across from the office? Let's pray. Number two is to then send or go cross-culturally. We've been talking about this in the series. We're, we're going to continue. There's still a few weeks left, and this is, we have some really good stuff ahead. But right now, just keep considering, as you are going, that's the go verb there. It's a continual action verb. As you are going, everywhere you go, from our own nation to all the other people groups around us, to all, we bring Jesus. And then the missionary bookmarks are in your bulletin today, and I'm going to ask if everybody doesn't leave here without one. These are very, it's not just for a bookmark. It's not just a list. It's a list of our missionaries that we send cross-culturally from this church, but again, remember, we're all missionaries. But there's also a great guide on the back, how to pray for the worldwide mission. I'm going to ask that you make this 
more than just a bookmark, but something very special to us, a treasure. This is how we're linked to the world, to the ends of the earth. This is how God has, these are the, the people and the places and the, and the cultures and the people groups that God has given this church through his Holy Spirit a heart for. This is a very special, special list. To pray for the missionaries and also support them, encourage them. I've had a number of missionaries say, you know, what really helps is when we send those emails is if a few people hit that little reply button and say, hey, I'm praying for you. That means a lot to the worldwide mission to bring the nations joy. Things we can do when we prioritize them. So brothers and sisters, we have studied in, in our heads, in our knowledge, and we have grown in awareness of God's word and a, hopefully a conviction and an understanding of how to apply God's word. Let's conclude with our emotions now. Remember Psalms brings out the best of our minds and our hearts and our emotions. And here's how we're going to do that now as we conclude. I'm going to come down and sit among you and we have a video to watch that I have been emotional over for a few years since the first time I saw it and I've been eager to bring this to our church family today. It will bring you to a love for the nations, I pray, through God's spirit and to be determined that we will bring the good news wherever God calls us to bring it. After the video, Tristan's going to lead us in, in an active, worshipful response as we sing a blessing to all the nations. Let's open our hearts through Psalm 67, through this video, through song to God today.